Hey, what's up, guys? Once again, I just want to thank you for uh, joining me for another uh, service or whatnot. Um, uh, if you guys, when you get a chance, can you please uh, make sure that you like this video and and um, after uh, the service is over, please make sure that you share it as well. Uh, we just want to be able to uh, reach as many people uh, with the Word of God as possible. Uh, once again, I just want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, if you guys have your Bibles, please turn to uh, Genesis chapter 15, uh, verse 7 through uh, 21 is what we'll be studying today. Um, oh, and I forgot to say, if you guys also want to uh, just shoot me a quick email and, and just let me know what God has been doing in your lives uh, since we've been uh, putting these uh, series on Abraham out, uh, please email me right here. Looking forward to, uh, to your responses. Amen. All right, so we're going to continue our, our series in Abraham. Uh, the title is going to be Covenant. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 15. We're going to read verses 7 through 21. Give you a few more seconds. All right. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur and the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. And Abraham brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite of each other. Uh, the birds, however, did not cut in half. Then the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abraham drove them away. And as the sun was setting, Abraham fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. And then the Lord said to him, Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a, in a country uh, not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. Uh, but I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with a great possession. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried uh, at a good old age, and in the fourth generation your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. Verse 17, when the sun has set, the darkness had fallen in a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between uh, the pieces. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham and said to your descendants, I give this land and from the wadi of Egypt to the great rivers of the Euphrates and the land of the Canaanites and the Kenizzites and the Camanites and the Hittites and the Pezzarites and the Rephites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Gishites and the Jebusites, pretty much all the sites, I will give you and bless you. Uh, bow your heads and just stretch your hands towards me. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just uh, forgive me, Lord, for any sins uh, that I committed, Lord God. And I pray, God, that you would just help me teach your word uh, with accuracy and truth. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen, amen. So if you guys remember last week, uh, we covered verses 1 through 6. And, and, and through those whole entire uh, scripture verses, God uh, kept having to reassure Abraham of the promises. Um, he, he, he had to reassure Abraham of the promise of, of the seed. Abraham was concerned that uh, perhaps uh, someone else would inherit all his possessions. And God said, no, you will actually have your own seed from your body. 
Uh, and then once again, God had to uh, reassure Abraham of, of the place that he had promised him, of uh, the land that was going to be for, for his family and, and his seed, and, and it was going to be his home. And, and, and the scripture said at the end of the passage in verse 6, it said that because Abraham believed what God had told him, God said that he was righteous. So this week we're going to pick back up and, and we see guys that, that once again Abraham, he's still asking God for more confirmation. And in verse 7, uh, God says to Abraham, he says, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. I want you guys to pay attention to one thing. Is it, is it just not me or it just seems like this whole entire series that we've been covering Abraham, like all his conversations with God has been surrounded about his, his, his future. It's been focused on his future. Every conversation, um, every blessing has been focused around Abraham's future and, and God's promise to him. But suddenly, for the first time, we see that, that God is beginning to shift that conversation, and he wants Abraham to just stop for a moment and remember Ur. He says, I want you to remember Ur. I want you to remember the, the, the past, uh, the place where you used to worship these false gods. Hey, I'm the one who bought you up out of that. See, sometimes it's painful, uh, uh, the painful experiences that we have, we don't really want to remember our past because when we look at our past, the, the pain and the hurt and, 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 and all, all our frustrations, we see that and we start to remember those things. Jimmy Butler, the basketball player for the Miami Heat, says even when he's driving in his car, he hates to look in the rearview mirror because it just reminds him of the past and he doesn't like looking back. See, most of our hurts and our pains is from the past. But for some reason, uh, 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 some of us have been rescued uh, by God from our, our brokenness and, and the abuse that we have suffered and, and perhaps even our low self-esteem and the moments when we were angry and, and we had doubt and despair and we felt isolated and alone. But for others, there's also a painful memory of, of remembering how your lifestyle was and what God had to bring you up out of in your past. See, John Banville said that the past beats inside of me like a second heart. And sometimes when we have a tendency to, to remember some of these, these memories, it's just natural for us to want to just take the, the, the past and just sweep it underneath the rug as if it never even happened. But we see here that, that God, he is reminding us of, of where we come from. How many times have we read in scripture that when, when, when God talks about Remember how I bought Israel up out of Egypt. It, it appears in scripture over 50 times. But for some reason, God, he, he just wants us to, to remember our past. But you notice how in this passage, how God, he refers to himself as I am. He says, I am the Lord who brought you up out of Ur. I am the Lord who have saved you from your addictions. I'm the Lord who comforts you when you were broken. I am your source. I am your strength. I am the one who saved your marriage. I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. See, when was the last time that you, you stopped and you remembered the past and you remember what the I am did for you and what he, he bought you up out of? 
See, my first point is the past is where you learn lessons, but the future is where you apply the lesson. See, in these moments when you're wrestling with God and, you, and you're wrestling with, the, with his, his promises and, and the words that he has spoken to you that, that you treasure so much, and you're wavering and, and you're struggling with holding on to that faith, can you just stop and look back to the past and look at the faithfulness of God and how consistently faithful that he's been in your life? Because, see, when you stop and you remember the err, you remember the past, more glory comes to God. Can we just stop right now and give God some praise for his faithfulness in our lives? When we continue to look at this passage in, in verse 8, Abraham, he responds to God. He says, okay, Lord, that's, that's fine. I, I get that you are the I am and, and what you brought me up out of. But, Lord, God, how, how, how do I know how I shall possess it? Now, this question from Abraham, we already know, is, is not a response from doubt. Because what we learned in, in, in verses 6 uh, last week when we studied the scripture is that he had, Abraham had remained firm in his faith in God. We already know that. But I believe that, that, that this is just reminding us how much the, the promises of God really matters to Abraham, how, how much it means to him. It truly means a lot to him. So now what God does, he says, okay, I'm going to stoop down to your level. I got something else for you. I want you to perform what seems to be a, a, a crazy ritual. And if we look at verses 9 through 12, and then we'll also look at verses 17 through 18, it says, God said, bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, and a ram three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And, and he bought them all these, and then he cut it in half, and he laid each uh, half over against the other, but did not cut the bird in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcass, Abraham drove them away. And as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abraham, and he said, Behold, a dreadful great darkness fell upon him. And then verse 17 through 18, it says this, Pay attention. When the sun had gone down, it was a dark, and behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. Normally, a, 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 a covenant like this was, was supposed to have two people involved in it. And, and both parties of the covenant, uh, they were supposed to walk in between the, the, the slain animals, signaling that if each one broke their side of the agreement, that they would suffer the same fate like these animals. But something strange happens because we, we see in the scripture that Abraham was not a participant. And, and the smoking fire pot and the flaming torch, it, it passed between the dead carcass. And in the words of Simon Cowell off of American Idol, what in the world is that? What in the world is, is, is a smoking pot? What in the world is, is a flaming torch? Well, A.C. Gablin said that the smoking oven is an, is an allusion to Israel's slavery in Egypt. It's an allusion to Israel's slavery in Egypt. And when you look at Deuteronomy uh, chapter 4, verse 20, it says that, 
But the Lord has taken you and brought you out of the iron furnace from Egypt to be a people of his own possession as today. So we see that the smoking oven is an illusion of Egypt and a sign of judgment. And then when you look at the uh, flaming torch, it symbolizes the, the, the presence of God. Uh, Exodus chapter 3 verse 2 says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire and in the midst of a, of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So the smoking fire pot and the flame of torch symbolizes God's uh, unilateral covenant to Abraham. That he would cause his descendants to go through suffering and that he would give him an inheritance of a promised land. See, God himself passes between the dead carcass. And in doing so, God, he, he, he takes the curse uh, 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 on, on himself, of the covenant unto himself. And God walking through this covenant for the both of them, excluding Abraham as a participant in the ritual. God himself is saying that he's promising to bear the, the fatal burden if either of them broke this covenant. See, the covenant in verses 18 through, through 21 is simply the same promise, guys, that we see if we look back last week in verse 7, but it's just painting a more elaborate picture about who God truly is. See, Yahweh is a God who is faithful unto death. See, my next point is God, he would rather destroy himself than to prove unfaithful to his people. See, this covenant reveals that the faithfulness of our God, that he will always keep his promises. Even if you don't hold up the end of your bargain, God is going to, his shoulders is big enough to just pick this thing up and carry it. And what he's saying is he's saying, regardless of what you do, I got this. I got this. This is why it's so important for you to stay patient, for you to trust and just wait on God. See, the covenant, guys, is the main thing that's sustaining us through this COVID crisis. I wanna challenge you today that if, if you are still wrestling with, with God and, and the promise of, 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 of God, just take a step back, have a moment in your prayer time and think about your past, everything that God had brought you through, how faithful God has been in your life, he has never failed you, and he won't fail you. And he's saying, if I fail you, let my fate be like these dead animals. He would rather die than to fail you. And that is why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who was the final uh, seal and stamp on his covenant for you and for me. Lord, I pray, God, that our trust and our faith and our hope in you won't waver, God. Even in our past, you have consistently been faithful. Lord, there are things that's happening right now that's still out of our control, Lord. Lord, there has even been moments when we've broke the covenant, Lord, with, with sin. The only perfect person in this world to ever live was Jesus. So technically, we are all guilty of judgment. But because of your son, Jesus Christ, who came and got on the cross and became the curse, 
took on our judgment so that we are righteous through you. Father, we thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.